Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listening colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea, named Law Firm of the Year at the Legal Business Awards and the Lawyer Awards 2017. If you want something to play with, go and find yourself a toy. Baby, my time is too expensive. That was Aaron Neville with Tell It Like It Is, a nice relaxed way to start the programme this morning. Good morning, this is Jazz Shapers. I'm Elliot Moss. Thank you very much for joining me. Jazz Shapers is a place where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. And right alongside them, we bring somebody shaping the world of business. We call them business shapers. And conveniently, I have a business shaper right in front of me. His name is Tavid Hinrikus, and he'll tell me how I didn't quite pronounce that properly, but we'll come on to that in a minute. He's from Estonia, but more importantly, he's the chairman and co-founder of TransferWise. And if you haven't heard of TransferWise, they are the peer-to-peer international money transfer platform. You're going to be hearing all about how Tavid has been disrupting the world of what they call fintech and what you and I would would call financial technology. Lots coming up from him very shortly. In addition to hearing from Tavit, you'll also be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Some words of advice for your business. And on top of all of that, of course, we've got some brilliant music from the shapers of jazz, blues and soul. Avishai Cohen is in there. Candace Springs is in there. And so is Sarah Vaughan with this. It's One Mint Julep. A very different bit there of music from Sarah Vaughan with One Mint Julep. You're listening to Jazz Shapers, and as I build earlier, Tavit Hinrikus. Hinrikus, I think. Say it for me. Tavit Hinrikus. There you go. See, that's, that's how you're meant to say it. Tavit Hinrikus, and I'm going to get it right so brilliantly by the end of the programme, it'd be too late by then, uh, is my business shaper today. And he is, as I said also earlier, the chairman and co-founder of TransferWise. Um, and they are the people that enable you to send money around the world, or rather exchange money around the world, and not get fleeced by those naughty people at the banks. Lovely to meet you. Thanks for having me. Tell me, in your own words, the more articulately, what TransferWise is. So we really started TransferWise to solve a personal frustration. So myself and my co-founder, Christo, were both from Estonia. We moved to London, and as it happened, we had a need to send some money back to Estonia or send money from Estonia to London. And we realized that every time we go to a bank to do it, the bank takes advantage of us. You end up paying your bank £25, and then, what you don't know, what the banks hide from you, they have another 3 4 5% hidden markup on the exchange rate. So if you send a £1,000 from London to Tallinn, you end up losing anywhere between 50 up to up to £100 of it. And that just does not make sense. We're in the 21st century, emails, flying cars, it's all here. But, you know, yet, you know, when you're sending money, it takes a long time, three, four days, and a bunch of it goes missing. So we found a better way of doing it. And we kind of used that with a couple of friends and it worked, you know, it was quicker, it was cheaper. And then we were thinking about, wait a moment, there are hundreds of millions of people all around the world who have a need to make international payments. And we could do something to help these people. And... 
back then in 2010, you'd I believe you'd previously been working for Skype. Apparently, you were the first employee at Skype. You got a history of of being involved in computer science, though um, you can tell me more about that as well. There's one thing being an employee. There's another thing having the craft skill of being able to engineer. And there's a third thing which says I'm going to go and do something about it. What always intrigues me about the people I meet is what's the thing that made them actually say, I am going to do and create a business here? Why did you create a business? Because you could have just gone, this is a problem. I'll just work out my own way around it. Instead, you've decided to create a, a whole new world. It's pretty simple. We just saw we can, we can do something better. We saw there's a need for this in the world. And we can make a positive impact. And then, you know, you can, yeah, you can stand back and think, think okay, you know, I fixed my problem, but we thought, hey, you know, there's an, there's a, there's an opportunity to make the world a better place, and, uh, that, and that kind of makes sense. Also, you know, if you think of the alternative, which is going to work for a, a bank or a telco, just a bit more exciting to but do it was something. Your, your first venture, though, right? Is that correct? Yes. So, as you said, I was uh, I was the first employee in the team that built Skype, which was a, a super exciting uh, journey, a huge roller coaster. Learned a lot, a lot of things not to do as well. Uh, but then uh, you know, once you go through something like that, and and with Skype, kind of one of the biggest takeaways is that you can change the world. You know, sitting in the suburbs of of, of Tallinn in Estonia, and you can really change the way people communicate around the world. Stay with me for more from my business shape. That's Tavid Hindrikas, and he's the chairman and co-founder of TransferWise. And they are, um, hopefully, I believe, changing the world uh, bit by bit and day by day. Stay with us right now, because it's time for some more music. It's Candace Springs with Novocaine Heart. Candace Springs there with Novocaine Heart. David Hinrichus is my business shaper today, chairman and co-founder of TransferWise. Uh, they're the people that enable you to make international payments around the world without paying ridiculous charges. So, so you, I want to just go back a little bit. Before you got into Skype, um, which I believe was 2003, 2008 time, just go back into your first degree. I have it here that you didn't finish that degree. Is that correct? Yeah, so uh, I went to study computer science in the University of Tallinn back in Estonia, in the Technical University of Tallinn, yeah. uh, which was kind of fun, but also not so fun. So when we were getting uh, getting Skype going, it just felt so much more exciting to work on that versus going back to class to listen to a professor read to you from the notes he had prepared 28 years earlier. <laughs> he was probably still projecting some from what do you call a piece of plastic, you know, the, before you had PowerPoint yeah. and all of that. The laminate, the, I know the ones you mean, because I, yes, I do remember those. When I started working in about 1993, they were still going. Exactly. So it was just much more exciting to be doing it, to help get Skype going. Mm. And then after Skype, it was like, you know, send to go back and have a job at a bank or a telco. It just felt wrong. But the, the, the question I have, I guess, behind that is, does it matter um, whether you have a formal uh, university education at all in terms of the, the skills that you have needed along the way on your journey? Has it, has it bothered you? I, mean, I know you went off and did a, a, an MBA anyway from INSEAD in 2010, if, if I'm correct. But that, that first part, was there anything you think you missed? 
no. So I think me personally, I've uh, you know, I, I guess I can say I've been lucky in what I do, but I've definitely been fine without it. I think edu- you know, education is. A, I think it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting challenge. I would say, you know, if you think, if you look at people who come out of, uh, who come with a university university degree, they don't often know that much just yet. You still need to put in a lot to to get some going. You know, I think, you know, you know, a big factor probably is that, you know, universities tend to pick up, you know, the kind of the smarter people. So a lot of it is just pure filtering and selection. You know, you know that someone coming out of Cambridge, you know. They're bound to be relatively smart. Mm. Have they, you know, do they come out of there as a fully shaped final product? Absolutely not. Which, you know, maybe is fine, maybe not. But, you know, I think, you know, funny enough, uh, you know, education is probably one of the sectors which has been least disrupted by technology. And the cycles of change in education are incredibly big. So I do think education is, you know, falling a little bit behind times. Just a thought also, just about Estonia. For, for me, I mean, I, I am aware of a fair few and almost disproportionate number of entrepreneurs that have come from Estonia, especially in the tech space. Is there a reason for that? I mean, I just it, it's occurred to me as we're talking that I am... I feel like there'd be, you know, it's a relatively small country, and yet you've been exporting smart people who do big things. What's that about? No, it's that's actually very simple. You know, we... Uh, uh, you know, we believe in the forest and trees. We enjoy lots of saunas that clears our mind, and as a result, we get to be creative and create things. It's that easy. Good. We need more. For- we need more forests and trees, and maybe we need to just all relax a bit more, and no. then we'd have the focus. But also, like you know, the, the other thing we do in addition is, uh, you know, we're uh, like in every entrepreneurial ecosystem, having uh, having success stories is incredibly important. So, you know, I would say it was. We were just lucky that Skype was created in Estonia, and that has in return given Estonia thousands of people who've been influenced by Skype directly by working there, so on. It's given, it's given the kind of the knowledge and confidence to the young people in Estonia to go down the entrepreneurial path. You know, before Skype, if you graduate from university and you go work for a startup, you know, your mom's going to ask you, so what happened, dear daughter? Were you not good enough for the telecommunication company? Were you not good enough for the bank? Kind of after Skype, it became legit to be an entrepreneur. You know, people thought you can make a difference. You can also earn a living. So now, as a result of it, if we look at kind of all of the leading Estonian companies, uh, Transferwise, Starship, Taxify, Pipedrive, kind of companies that are world leading in their area, they all have. A Skype connection somehow. So having that success story early on is incredibly important. Stay with me for more from my business shaper today. That's Tavit Hindrikasson. He's the chairman and co-founder of Transferwise. And just then talking about the insight into the Estonian ecosystem, as I think people call it. Latest travel in a couple of minutes. And before that, some words of wisdom, I hope, from our programme partners at Mishkondorea for your business. Hi, my name's Nadim Mir and I'm a partner at Mishkondorea in the private equity team. A key thing to be thinking about if you are looking to raise funds is, given that it is maybe less difficult than it used to be to raise the money, if you do have a good growth story, then actually you are in a pretty good position to maybe be a bit more choosy as to who you partner with. Um, And I think a, a key thing to remember is that when you go into this relationship with an investor or group of investors, you do need to see it as very much like a relationship. It is effectively a marriage of sorts. 
and obviously we know the best sorts of marriages tend to be the ones where both sides uh, go in with their eyes open um, and they're both supportive parties to uh, to the marriage um, and where people think they can work well together so it's not necessarily about the party that's going to leave you with the most equity or the one with the biggest checkbook it's about the party who you are going to get on well with work well with and hopefully and say live happily ever after with Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea it's business but it's personal you're listening to Jazz Shapers with me Elliot Moss every Saturday I get to talk to someone who's shaping the world of business doing things that are disrupting the world around us and making life easier for you uh, as well at the same time one hopes if you've missed any of the previous almost 300 programmes go into iTunes put in the words Jazz and Shapers you're another destination for you cityam.com if you go in there you'll also find um, a few really good ones Talking of CTM, my business shapes today, Tavit Hindrikus, is the um, one of the, is on the shortlist, in fact, of the 2017 Entrepreneur of the Year Award, I believe. Tavit's been talking to me about his business that he founded back in 2010. It's called Transferwise. Um, he's, he's a co-founder of that business. It's been funded very heavily, hasn't it? I mean, around 100 million US, depending on what day you do the transfer, um, the, the the exchange rate. Why did you go down that route? Was it an imperative? Could you not have done this business without external funding? I mean, I would even, I would actually contradict you and say, I don't think we're that heavily funded at all. I think we've been pretty efficient in in using capital to uh, to create a company. But um, I do believe that. Uh, to do what we wanted to do, we did need external capital, and venture capital was a good source for us. You know, I don't think it's the right choice for every company, but we knew what we're building has global ambition. We knew that we need to scale it fast, and we knew that you know we're not going to be, we won't be able to to uh, to do that based on the cash flow of the business. So, I mean, when we started, it was me and my co-founder. Today, we're 800 people in nine offices globally, and that's still kind of early days. Why did they back you, do you think? Apart from the business plan, is it you and your partner that they were interested in? Because I talk a lot to people about the money and coming in, whether and I'm sure you've um, applied it incredibly efficiently, um, but it's still in, in the real world, outside of, uh, outside of startups, 100 million is a lot of money. That was, it was, was kind of behind it. But why would 100 million come to you and, and your business? Uh, it was just uh, Estonian charm. <laughs> you but, could say something like that. But, I could see it in his eyes. He's a cheeky one. But the reality is, I mean, you, you do it kind of step by step, you know, I think, you know, kind of with raising venture capital, like many other things in life, you, you learn to walk before you learn to run and before you get to sprint. So we started out raising a $1.3 million seed round, which we put together from a, a very carefully curated group of people and investors. So Max Levchin, founder of PayPal, and so on. So we started with that. And next up, we went to a series A of 6 million, then a series B of 25 million. So no, you do it step by step, and every time you show that, hey, guys, what I promised to, to you a year ago is what we've achieved, and a bit more. So that's how you do it. And I assume that you've got better at the, the pitching. I'm assuming that the first time around you were pretty nervous, even though you're a relaxed kind of guy who doesn't sweat and whose heart rate is pretty low. You were, I imagine, thinking, I hope this goes well, because I really want that 1.3. No, absolutely true. I mean... Yes, yeah, so, you know the kind of the pitch we can put on now is obviously like day and night. I said, but the reality also is, you know, no one expects this kind of pitch from you. 
when you when you're two guys who just has their first customer. So you know, the so requirements change a lot. If you go with a over polished pitch on day one, that's probably weird as well. Mm. Stay with me for more from my business shaper, Tavit Hindrikas. He's the chairman and co-founder of TransferWise, and they help you if you don't already have that help to transfer money around the world without being charged too much. Um, time for some more music. This is Avishai Cohen with Motherless Child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes... I feel like a motherless child Sometimes I feel that was Motherless Child from Avashai Cohen. Tavid Hindrikas is my business shaper today. We've been talking about not being too polished first time round because I think people wouldn't believe you. It wouldn't sit right. And now we're in this position, as you said, where there's 800 people, you're in nine offices around the world and probably hundreds of thousands of transactions happening um, every year, I'm guessing. When people ask you about it, and you're a relatively new stage, people ask you about defining success financially. Uh, you know, uh, uh, not even an investor, just someone who's a friend. And they say, so tell me, what are you up to? How's the business going? Tell me whether you're doing as well as you wanted to. Do you talk revenue? Do you talk customers? Do you talk transactions? What is it that's a quantitative measure for you? So in the early days, what matters most is how quickly you're growing. So it's really about kind of proving that what you do is right. You know, you really, you, you want your business to be growing 20% a month in the early days, you know, bear in mind you're starting from a very low base, but you know, kind of if we got into as a year three of the business, we were still growing 15, 20% month on month. So that's kind of what matters. And, and what metric you use for it, I think it's somewhat, somewhat irrelevant. You know, we, you know, we like to talk because, you know, it's all about the people. So we like to talk about how much money we've saved people. So we typically save our customers 1.5 million pounds in bank fees every day. But, you know, all in all, you know, today the business is very different from seven years ago. So now we're a business which has revenue, we're profitable. So, you know, kind of very, very different. You know, we're a business which has a run rate of more than $100 million in revenue. And, you know, we're looking at doubling that in the next 12 months. So that's kind of where we are today. And that all sounds fantastically positive, and it sounds like you've got the story that you want as you've gone uh, about this journey. There must have been moments when this calm man that I see now was not so calm, when he was also thinking, I don't know if I can do this, when he looked into the black hole of not, not knowing quite how to fix a problem, I mean, and then said, am I going to carry on? Is that true, or did it, has it never got to those depths of you know, personal challenge? So it's a journey, and the journey is, um, is definitely a, a roller coaster. And you, you know, you get hit in your face more often than you than you make progress. But it's you know, I think I had uh, I had what was in my favor was that I had seen this in Skype, so I you know I knew what the roller coaster looks like and feels like. And as a matter of fact, if it hadn't been that way, then I I would have known. You know, we're not making progress. You know, we're doing something wrong. So I was kind of expecting it. You know, you know that. Every day is a struggle, you know, convincing the first people to join you when, you know, you haven't raised the first million yet. All you have is a few customers and it all looks like, how is this ever going to be a business? It's hard. 
And then, obviously, you know, even you know, as I'm, I'm, I'm telling that it was all easy, but you know, the fundraising, you know, it's not always that easy. You still have to go out and you know, put on your pretty face and tell the story, and you know, and then you're in this nervous couple of weeks when the investors are thinking about it. So, it's about you know, it's about dealing, uh, managing your emotions. You know, because at the same time, when you know, in the morning you're having a discussion with investors, you know, midday, your key employee maybe tells you that hey, you know, I want to do something else with my life, and then in the evening you go home and you have family with kids at home who are you know, who are screaming at you. So it's you know, it's about just coping with that. A day in the life of coping, Tavit Henrika style. Uh, stay with me for more from my Business Shape today's chairman and co-founder of TransferWise on the small matter of raising money, having children and managing people who want to go off and do other things. Just a very easy day, you know, the way I look at it. Um, final chat coming up with him, plus we're playing a track from Curtis Mayfield. That's after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was Curtis Mayfield with the uplifting move on up. Tavit Henricus is my business shaper. Just for a few more minutes, I'm going to pack a, a few questions in. Um, we've talked about people investing in you. You also invest in other businesses. Is that for fun? Is that because you want to return? Is it a bit of both? Um, it's mostly for fun. You know, I I look at it as I see lots of young, ambitious, talented people, and I want to help them. I want to see how I can be part of the journey and you know it's not really about the money it's more about giving some advice and then maybe write, writing a little check as well and in terms of giving advice um, your own style in the business you've just become chairman your co-founder is now the CEO what is are you the uh, the man who sits back and just says yeah you do what you need to do have you got a hard as whatever attitude where does it sit what's your natural style and have you had to adapt it over the years so I mean, you clearly learn how to how to deal with uh, how to deal with leading people, and it's very different from when it's two of you and uh, everything. And stuff that gets done is stuff that you do with your own hands, and then you know, starting to run a team and then managing uh, teams of people. And in the end, if you are if you're running an eight hundred person company, it's it's very different. As in, there's nothing that you do anymore. So I uh, know I think. I think my my style is really about trusting and delegating people, about helping to making sure that we know what we need to achieve and that we're tracking uh, tracking that we're making progress towards it. And finally, in terms of the money, I mean, you are now your revenue you talked about before is I think over a hundred million dollars, pounds, euros, one of the same, and they're pretty similar at the moment. Um, valuations to you are irrelevant, but in the press, people talk about it being a billion dollar plus valuation. Is this going to be a money day for you? Is there going to be a moment when you say, I want X and I'm out, or is it not like that at all? If it isn't like that, how do you not focus on that big figure? Because it will change your life. So, If it it all goes well, obviously. With TransferWise, we believe it's still still early days. So we have 10% market share in UK. We are now in more than 30 markets. You know, the goal is to make sure that we get to 20% in UK, which will be maybe maybe by end of next year. Then so let's make sure we get to 20% in 25 markets. We've recently expanded into small to medium business. 
a lot to do with Irons and our new products, borderless account, mm. super exciting. So there's still so much more to do with TransferWise. And really the focus is how do we make sure that TransferWise becomes the way money moves around the world. And so what you're saying without saying is, Elliot, I don't think about the money, no. No, I mean, I think uh, you know, the question, the, qu- the, the important question is really like, how do we make sure TransferWise succeeds? You know, if TransferWise succeeds, then, then the rest it'll follows. probably be a good thing for everyone. <laughs> it's been really nice talking to you. Um, uh, it, it seems like you've got things under control, but also seems like you have a, a pretty decent attitude to when things don't go so well, which I think is probably why you're seven years in and still the business is growing. So keep on going. Whatever you're doing is doing super well and good luck to you. But just before I let you go, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? So it's No Time to Play by Ronnie Jordan. It's from album Guru's Jazz Matas. And I actually remember probably from late 90s or early 2000 when I was busy with my first job and I think uh, no time to play was kind of a good uh, good motto when you're getting into your career at the beginning and uh, I think it's a kind of a, a great jazz fusion song Fantastic, here it is just for you Yo, I'm tired, Chump's trying to waste my time I ain't got no time to play That was No Time to Play by Ronnie Jordan, the song choice of my business shaper today, Tavert Hendrikus. Real focus from a person who understood first time round with Skype what it was like to be in a young business. Someone who has championed young people and who indeed invests in their businesses. And someone who clearly said it's not about the money, it's about creating a brilliant business and the money will come. Really good stuff. Do join me again, same time, same place, 9am next Saturday. Jazz FM's the destination you need. Meanwhile, though, stay with us because coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. Named Law Firm of the Year at the Legal Business Awards and the Lawyer Awards 2017.